Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent, I am a certified holistic sex educator, I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man and activist who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. Welcome everybody to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name is Elle. I'm going to introduce our guest in a moment here. Hi, John. Hi. Hi. I miss you down there in California. I miss you too. Up there in Portland. Yeah, I'm going to come try to come hang out in Portland sometime. Okay. Maybe we can we can hug. Yes. <laughs> we got we got to go to the strip club, remember? Yeah. The Man Stripper Club. Um <clears throat> so we're here today to talk to Ricky. Uh Ricky is a recently transitioned woman and a friend of mine. When I met Ricky, they went by a different name and a different gender. Uh and over the years I've been fortunate to have a relationship with them as they explored new aspects of their self. Each person's gender, here's our disclaimer, and identity experiences are unique. So Ricky's doesn't necessarily represent anyone else's. But today we are here to learn from some of her experiences. Uh, Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hi. I would say we met through friends. Mm -hmm. Mutual friends. Mm -hmm. How do you... You're really, really new to being a woman in this world. So... Um, there's still a lot I think you're still processing, but can we talk about some of the process to exploring that side of you? And I remember we were having, we were having noodles together and you said you had heard something in a previous podcast episode about, uh, it was a trans woman saying that when she was playing video games, uh, as a kid, she would always pick like the woman character. Mm. And you said that really resonated with you. Um, yeah. Can you think of some other maybe like milestones or markers along the way that have brought you to where you are now? Well, early on, I, um, I just, I didn't like any of the boy things, uh, you know, in like as far back as like preschool era, uh, my first interacting with, uh, their children, it was, um, you know, you'd all get lumped into the boys and the girls and be like, I don't, I don't want to do what these, these boys are doing. They're just being mean and dirty and <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> You've always been a very uh, clean and neat person. 
which is typically attributed to a woman's like characteristics, right? Yeah. Have you ever been teased for that? Yeah. 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 Okay. So maybe let's reverse engineer the question. What are some things you experienced like presenting as a man that you were picked on for? Uh, I, um, I actually remember the very first time that I was shamed over having a feminine quality that I remember. I mean, it might have happened before that, but the first time I was like of being adult consciousness kind of thing, I was like 12 years old and I brought a new friend from the new school I was going to back to my house and we were hanging out and I was putting chapstick on. And I put the chapstick on and I pursed my lips and he was like, what the hell was that? And I was like, what? And he's like, don't put lipstick on like that. That's how a woman does it. And he called me the. Uh, you can say it uh, if you want. Negative words. Yeah. And, <laughs> the mean words and uh, so I just I was like, oh, oh, I better not do that. That's really bad. That's, you know, I, I can't do that. And like, you know, the way you put dude. chapstick on. Yeah, it's bad. Put chapstick on like a woman. Ugh, what a weird thing. Anyway, all right. That's a great example. That's a great example. Can you think of any others? Um, you're a small-bodied person like me. Yeah. We walk around. We kind of look really similar in size and shape. I think we, yeah, you give me some clothes that you're like, this doesn't really fit me, or I tried to offer you some. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. one I remember coming up for you. We can pretty much clothes swap. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you said being picked on for being a small man. Yeah, yeah, just... My entire life, yeah, being like much, much smaller than the rest of the other kids, and as adults, still, I only weigh like 115, 120, mm-hmm. and I'm like five, I'm five eight ish. As far as orientation, I've identified as queer for a good while now, and now that I'm presenting female. I, I still would identify as queer. Uh, John, is do you have any? Is anything coming up for you right now? Have you ever been shamed for having any like so-called feminine qualities? Um, I've been told like I used to get told that I crossed my legs too much, which was a thing. But I that was never I was never <laughs> bullied about it. I was just told that. Um, Ricky's nodding. Have you heard that, Ricky? Oh yeah, of course. You sit wrong. Yeah, the, I, I I cross my legs like a girl, not a not, not like a man. Mm. Yeah, you know the there's the there's mm-hmm. the, the crossing the legs and then there's the, the 90 degree kind of man crossing legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the one I do when I'm trying to assert myself around men, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I act like a man is expected to act in some ways. And it's really interesting how it is received by people. A lot of times they don't understand what's happening. Um, body cues are a big one. Okay. So let's the general theme of, of our show when we're talking about gender and stuff is like people don't fit in boxes. We express ourselves the way we are gender. This is like examples of what we say when gender is fluid. You know, we three talking have unique ways that we express ourselves and feel about ourselves. Um, And none of us fit, I think into any of these boxes that we've been given. Um, So you went into a rehab, Ricky. So before you went into this rehab program and you were, Detoxing from alcohol? Yeah. Okay. Um, you went to this rehab program, and previous to then, you had facial hair, and you went by a different name, and you were a man in the world. And when you went in, you said you were faced with a decision. Can you explain that process to me? Yeah. Um, you were packing. It was, uh, 
or that time in your life even that was a rough time in your life can you tell what was going on a little bit with the alcohol the, the last couple of years i just been dealing with a lot of loss and changes in my life and um starting to explore my gender identity as something other than a cis man um and it really wasn't like learning realizing oh i'm i'm different i'm a woman now it was more like understanding what trans meant and then being like oh well fuck i'm trans then <laughs> and it's okay for me to do this i'm I, I can do this. This is okay. And then like trying to think, you know, coming to terms with the, you know, I'm not 18 and I can't start hormones at that age. And you mean you <clears throat> thought it would be harder for you because you're older. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, from what I've, I hear it's a pretty common thing, but so just like learning to accept that and other things Having a second puberty can be harder when you've already had a first one and it was a long while ago. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I did like an outpatient mental health program last year and I wasn't drinking for a long while after I'd uh, pretty much been like a daily drink to drunk blackout alcoholic for 10, 15 years. And uh, I'm an alcoholic too. I wasn't drinking as much as you were, though. Damn, you were drinking a lot. And for your size, yeah. too. Hey, Alcoholics I, Club. Woo! Hey, we're all alcoholics. Do you identify as an alcoholic? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. And you're not <laughs> drinking anymore? Uh, no, I haven't been. Not since I... Uh, Eight uh, months? I, uh, it was since March. Okay, yeah. Um, That's a good I, job, by the way. You're saving your life. Thanks. You are. Um, so, yeah, I did the outpatient mental health thing last year and then didn't drink and then kind of uh the world took took a couple of big dumps on me right in a row and i was like well i'm getting drunk as fuck tonight and i did and this was before the outpatient i remember you had done a detox at a local hospital that was the that, uh, was, that was right before the inpatient okay so you did this detox at the hospital which sounded terrible you said you checked yourself in yeah, you, suicide. you told him you were suicidal, and what did they do? Uh, well, no, I had uh, I had uh, made a suicide attempt. Okay, and I had kicked back into my old drinking patterns so quickly, like I could handle all the alcohol in me. I just couldn't get it out of me. So I was like, I had to keep drinking for days and days. And... How much were you drinking at the most? You told oh, me. Like, I can't remember. Um. Well, in one about 10, 12 hour period, I went through about two and a half plus fifths. <gasps> wow. And you're 120 pounds. Yeah. Okay. About. Okay. So the severe, so you needed a, a real detox program because yeah, yeah anyone listening, like, you can't just stop drinking. You'll have a seizure. Yeah. 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 That's what happened to and Amy Winehouse, so right? I was um, like calling around in my drunken state, trying to find anything. And like everything aside from the emergency room was just like, oh, yeah, come to us 90 days. Like, you know, everything will change and it'll be all good. And and I was like, there was just no options for anything of just like just detoxing, except for the four thousand dollar emergency room trip. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what you ended up doing. Yeah. The thirty eight hundred dollars. 
Yeah. Right. And they gave you, what did you say they gave you? You said it was out of van in a closet or something? Well, yeah, essentially, yeah. They brought me in and put me on a bag of saline oh, and gave me a multivitamin. A, another benzo, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so after the the saline drip. And the vitamin. Uh, and the vitamin. What kind of vitamin was it? A multivitamin. Like a Flintstones? Uh, no, nothing that fun. <laughs> Not that bad. It's a big... Big brown pill. Okay. Okay. It's like a real, a real vitamin. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, they gave me a snack pack, as snack. they called it. I told them I hadn't been able to eat in days because I was too sick. And uh, what was the snack pack? It consisted of two turkey sliders and the most, uh, the worst lunch meat you can imagine, um, and some chips. Uh, so then, after that, they took me across the hospital and to some sort of other ward and stuck me in what is the size of like a rich person's closet <laughs> uh, with a <laughs> tiny, tiny bed in the middle. Is and it bigger than my bathroom? My bathroom's pretty small. Uh, is it, it smaller empty? than this room? Yeah, it was like, it was like, it was big enough to have a tiny hospital bed Okay, that you could walk around on each side. Okay. So, like, if you imagine, like, two rows of hangers on either side of you and enough room to, like, hold your hands out from your shoulders between. Wow. That was, like, that big. Okay. How, and you were in there for about a day? Um, I was in there for, I was in there for, like, at least, like, five or six hours before they um, checked on me or really did anything for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to, like, get up a couple times and go ask for water. And I was like shaking at this point and I was like starting to hallucinate and I went out and I told them like, Hey, I'm, like the walls are doing weird things. It's like, I don't know. I thought you should like know about this. And oh, they're just like, okay. Yeah. I had the same experience. Like, yeah. It, was, it looked like, uh, like, you know, when you have an apple tree, it's dead outside your window and then the car drives by and the shadow moves like the walls just kept doing that. Yeah. <laughs> That for me, that what caused that was hydroxazine because I have a slight allergy to antihistamines, and that's a very powerful oh. like antihistamine they'll give you to relax yeah. you before they give you benzos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had that at uh, mm -hmm. what's it called? What's the hospital? Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. You two are at the same hospital. Yeah, mm -hmm. you detox yeah. at the same hospital. Um, uh, so yeah, after about like they just like sent me back to the room, and then so after about six hours is when they came in and gave me an Ativan. John, what's an Ativan? Ativan is a very powerful, short-acting benzodiazepine uh, that is either injected or taken in pill form. So you given an Ativan? Yeah, and they told me to go to sleep, and I was like, yeah, I'm trying to, but it's like this hard little bed. And this... You said it was cold. Yeah, it was cold. and I remember getting texts from you, John, because you lied and you got your phone somehow, and you're like, it's so cold. Oh, yeah, best way to get your phone in a hospital is to claim that your payment information is in your like camera roll because they want to get fucking paid. So you might be mm. in the <laughs> suicidal ward, but uh, <laughs> they need They money. actually let me keep my phone. Yeah, okay, yeah. they let Ricky keep her phone. Okay. They took all my clothes and everything else, but they let me keep yeah. my phone, but they wouldn't let me have a charger. Oh, that no. sucks. Yeah. Uh, maybe the cord. They were about the cord if you're a suicide yeah. risk. Yeah, that's Crazy complicated. Um, okay, so you went through, what was the end? You got processed out. I want to talk about before you went to the inpatient. Yeah, so in the morning, they woke me up and 
they're like, uh, here, here's another two Ativan, uh, take these and, uh, get ready. You're getting transferred to another facility. And I'm like, okay, I gotta take a shower. And I showered and waited around for like 45 minutes because they told me the doctor was going to come check on me. And then the guy came in and he's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you dressed? And I was like, you told me to put these on and wait for the doctor. And he's like, no, go now. <laughs> cab's going to be here in a minute. And I'm like, what do you mean my cab? And <laughs> so, um, I got dressed and then I'm asking them like, I don't want, I like, I don't want to take a cab. Like I'll just call a lift. Uh, this is going to be a really expensive. Where am I going? And they're like, you're going to Vancouver. And I'm like, Vancouver, why? Washington. And where? And so this is about 10 me? miles away. Eight or ten, yeah. At least, yeah. yeah. And um, they couldn't tell me like the name of the facility or where it was or anything. And so the Advans were good and kicked in by that point. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And they put me in a cab, which I promptly passed out in. Um, thank the gods that this person was not like into me or anything. Well, and I want to go back and just in case anyone's not clear, this was before you were presenting as feminine. Yeah. This was before you were presenting as feminine. So you were cruising around as like a skinny dude mm-hmm. at this point. Well, you had a mustache still, right? No, no. Okay. But still you presented like a man. So you're a lot more safe in these situations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got dropped at Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, they pull up at this building and he's like, all right, here you are. He wakes me up and, I get out and I look around and I'm at a VA hospital and a veterans hospital, a veterans hospital. You're not a veteran. I'm not a, a, no. Okay. (laughs) I'm not a veteran. And so I go inside and I start asking people and I go to like two or three different people they send me to. Yeah. And, uh, no one's like, they're like, I don't know why you're here. And then finally the last guy's like, Oh, well there is like a a detox facility in the basement. And I'm like, (laughs) Okay. Take me to the basement. <laughs> and I go down there and it's like, uh, it's like a hallway that goes in a s- circle, like square, you know, um, around. And in the middle, there's like a little cafeteria that's walled off and a intake desk. And so I'm sitting there at the intake desk and there's this very large, angry man, like 300 pound, just mountain of man power walking around the donut hallway and occasionally he'll like stop to pull off his sandals that was issued everyone's wearing the same sandals and sweats and he like is like beating the walls and screaming at his girlfriend who is in there with him oh my god because they just turned it into a couple's detox facility oh my god which is just insanity that's a terrible idea yeah Good Lord. Yeah. It's like a domestic violence therapy office. No way. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So I, I, I tolerated that for about like, and, and like I've I've had like issues with men. I've been like, you know, abused like by my friends and stuff and, you know, physically and sexually assaulted uh, most of my life. And like being a, such a tiny person, I can't do anything about that compared to other people and have less options for so sure. like mm-hmm. yeah i'm just so this dude's like cruising by me so close i can like feel the the wind coming off of him off the back of my neck Ugh. and after a, i got to a point i was just like uh look have you like am i being charged for this yet because uh, i need to go i can't i can't be here i can't deal mm-hmm. with this and they gave me a bus pass and sent me on my way and 
I come to learn I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. <sighs> it was like a $50 cab ride to get there from Portland. Oh, and by the way, didn't they take your old food too? Oh, yeah. I had <laughs> brought the remains of my snack packs with me. Uh, so like some Oreo cookies. There was also a Oreos couple fruit there. cups. Uh-huh. And... um. I was—I didn't want to carry it, so it was in like this little garbage bag they gave me at the hospital. So I, uh, I was—I was like, "Can you throw this away for me?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, what is it?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's just some snacks I don't need." And they're like, "Oh, we'll just—we'll put them into the food bank here because that's where we get most of our food from." The trash. Yeah, I guess. Well, the food bank. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. So this whole experience cost you about four thousand dollars. Yep. Cool. Um, in other yeah. news, why are uh, suicides and mass shootings a thing? Because people can't get affordable services. <sighs> okay. So before we take a break, I want to quickly uh, fast forward to when you, you, you planned and you looked around. You found a treatment mm. center and you were packing to go and yeah. you were faced with a conundrum. Yeah. I, um, I had found a place in Colorado. And I was interested in because it was the only place that had like offered me less than a 30 day stay. And um, they said they were a dual diagnosis facility that would treat mental health along with um, substance abuse issues. Uh, so. I Can was you like, say the name of them? I mean, you're totally welcome to. Yeah, it's called the Recovery Village. OK. And um, you had a pretty good experience. Yeah, there. they yeah. have uh, facilities all over um, all over the country. There's one actually in Ridgefield which is right near Portland mm -hmm. in Washington, but it's out of network on my insurance for some reason. So mm -hmm. I was like, for some yeah, reason, Colorado's awesome. I'll fly to Colorado. And so, yeah, after getting out of the ER, the detox place, I was like, uh, cabby, take me to the liquor store and I'm going to like hold myself over until I can get a flight. Wow. Cause you and, were still craving alcohol. You hadn't detoxed at all. Well, it wasn't like I was craving. I was just like, I know if I stop, I'm not going. I had to drink a, a, I had to drink almost half of a fifth to get off of the floor the day I went to the emergency room because okay. I was just such a wreck. I couldn't get up and stop like mm -hmm. dry heaving. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it just makes you feel better. Oh yeah, I it mean it's, function. it's cyclical of the poison. You know that's why it's a chemical dependence. You, you know. You feel better and then all of a sudden you think you need it to feel okay. And then you do need it to feel okay, but you're not really okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. You're in deep doo-doo. Um, so I was, um, I'm functioning and packing and I'm like, uh, oh, I'm looking at my clothes. And I, I'd been like uh, collecting clothes for a while, uh, female clothes. And, women's clothes, yeah. Um, like I got cute pajamas and things I wear around the house and like it's like it had been one of the only things exploring my gender identity for the past like year before that had been one of the only things that had brought me any like happiness mm -hmm. and so i'm looking at my stuff and i'm like i can't go these like take these with me and wear them and like not give myself away and but you didn't want to go there and be a man the whole no. time either and then i was like oh this they, they double up people in rooms and i can't i can't like sleep if I'm in a room with a man I don't know and mm -hmm. so I was like well fuck I guess I have to like say this out loud to someone and so I called them up and I was like uh hey something I just kind of forgot about uh by the way I'm trans <laughs> and um and they I were need really a cool separate room yeah 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 and they were you said they were really good about this and you actually helped them 
update some of their procedures and things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because they um, weren't used to having clientele who was trans. No, at that facility, they apparently never had anyone before. And now they have, and you taught them a lot, actually, in your time there. Yeah. Um, I, um... So they, like, called the place to confirm there was beds. Mm-hmm. And then I got there, and they brought... they. Uh, went through. They went through the, my stuff I brought, and they were like, "Okay, here, let's show you your room." And then I walk in the room, and there's a, a very hairy man in his underwear on one of the beds. <laughs> and just like turn around and like, "Nope, this isn't my room." <laughs> and they're you like, didn't get the memo. Yeah, no. Uh, they're like, "Well, what do you mean?" I was like, "I'm supposed to have my own room." And they're like, "Well, are you private pay?" And I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Well, that's usually the only way to get your own room." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, I'm supposed to have my own room." I was like, let's go talk about this in private, please. I can't just like explain this to you. Were you dressed masculine? Yeah. Okay. Well, so you, that's right. You arrived masculine. Semi. I semi. Mean, okay. I, I, yeah. Okay. Enough I mean, that I, it I've been wearing women's clothes for years because that's what fits me, but um, <laughs> not like in more of a neutral kind okay. of women's clothes okay. stuff. But okay. I've always. Um, You've always been very fashionable. Yeah. And, and wore an mm-hmm. eyeliner and like. That's true. Looked good and so i you know well, that's also well you're also you're you're a musician and a lot of musicians can skate by with gender bending these days anyway it's yeah, like not I was edgy anymore to the androgyny area exactly for and a that's long time. a safe place to be for people who can't come out more yeah nail polish eyeliner that's rad um john you've been so quiet over there isn't this interesting it is yeah, yeah, there are a lot of things uh, i like hadn't thought about in terms of how much uh how much you also have to make sure to to advocate for yourself. So uh, let's take a break. Rax is the first native app designed by and for sex workers. With unique features like a social feed, club reviews, income tracking, and event calendars, use it to grow your business at the touch of a button. For more information on Rax and more events, in-depth courses, and free content for adult entertainers, visit www.racks2riches.com R-A-C-K-S to riches.com and just for Strange Bedfellows listeners use discount code S-B-P at checkout for 10% off any educational products. Attention service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing holistic options that work with your schedule. Our Sin Yin classes are meant to help you wind down, reset, and improve overall health. Need a little motivation? The first Sin Yin class is free to new members, and we offer discounts on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the app to check out all of our industry-friendly class times. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows, your favorite politics, sex, and self-help podcast. Today's topic. Gender. So, what is the difference between transgender, transsexual, and intersex? Mm, I don't have a definition pulled up for transgender, but I feel like the best way to describe transgender is when somebody identifies as a gender other than the one they were assigned at birth. And usually people's genders are assigned based on their genitals um, or in the case of doctors looking at ambiguous genitals b- 
because I recently learned that it's very much up to the doctor's discretion. You're making a face, Ricky. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just terribly off-putting. All the whole, I mean, just learning more about all the intersex people, births, children. It's like... Surgeries. Yeah. I mean, everyone, you know, has heard about like uh, the female genital mutilation that goes on in other cultures. And it's like, we're doing like all this shit to, to, to the babies, tiny, tiny babies. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, intersex, let's just relate that to intersex. So I found a, a a pretty good definition I'd like to read. This is from Intersex Society of North America, isna.org. Intersex is a general term used for a variety of conditions in which a person is born with a reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't seem to fit the typical definitions of female or male. For example, a person might be born appearing to be female on the outside, but having mostly male typical anatomy on the inside, such as maybe a vulva and clitoris and undescended testicles. Uh, that, that was my own uh, comment, not reading. Um, or a person may be born with genitals that seem to be in between the usual male and female types. Da, da, da. Yeah, for example, a girl may be born with a noticeably large clitoris or lacking a vaginal opening. Or a boy may be born with a noticeably small penis or with a scrotum that is divided so that it has formed more like a labia. Hmm. Um, I find it interesting in their definition that they're still ascribing gender to the people. Like, a girl may be born with a noticeably large <laughs> clitoris. You know, like... A person may be born with a... So even the writing is kind of funny. Uh, though we speak of intersex as an inborn condition, intersex anatomy doesn't always show up at birth. Sometimes a person, this is really interesting, isn't found to have intersex anatomy until she or he or they reaches the age of puberty or finds themselves infertile or dies and is autopsied. Some people live and die with intersex anatomy without anyone, including themselves, ever knowing. Um, it runs along a spectrum. So if you do a web search for ambiguous genitals, you'll see that. Okay. In our work, this is uh, isna.org, we find that doctors' opinions about what should count as intersex vary substantially. Humans today, typically doctors, decide how small a penis has to be or how unusual a combination of parts has to be before it counts as intersex. Humans decide whether a person with XXY chromosomes or XY chromosomes and androgen insensitivity will count as intersex. Apparently, some doctors think that you count as intersex if you received a large dump of certain hormones during your pre your natal development. Um this is interesting to me because I've been doing some reading that a lot of ASD adults um, received or they did a lot of studies on babies who received a large amount of testosterone in the womb and a lot of them tend to be ASD adults. So I find with I've always thought like I think I have a lot of testosterone personally. So I wonder I'm like, ooh, would I be intersex? I'm not going to call myself intersex, but it's like, where do you even draw the line? You know, yeah. who defines man or woman? Um Transsexual. Transsexual is a term that I first heard in the Rocky Horror Picture Show movie. Do you remember that, Ricky? Did you ever see that oh, one? Oh, yeah. I wasn't born when that movie came out. Well, when I was a child and my parents, for some reason, decided to show me that movie, the violence scared the shit out of me. But the cross-dressing was fascinating. And I was like, ooh. And I also witnessed my parents have really interesting reactions because it was one of their favorite movies. My dad is such a homophobe. My mom is fine, but she grew up in this society. So she's got like peripheral, you know, like shit. 
Um, and my mom was always like, oh, he's so sexy. Look at those legs <laughs> and those heels. And my dad was kind of like not threatened by it for some reason. Um, it's also interesting, though. My dad likes Queen and Freddie Mercury, but he's a homophobe. So it's interesting how people will like make allowances for things in art and music and pop culture when it's comfortable for them. Transsexual is a word that some people apparently use to describe themselves when they are describing themselves being born in the wrong body. So it's a different way to approach gender than we do on this show. But if someone wants to identify that way, I'm not going to try to stop them. So I'm looking at International Society for Sexual Medicine dot info online. What is the difference between transsexual and transgender? Transsexual was the word in previous generations they used to describe cross-dressing men. And then it became a word when they didn't know what to call transgender, as far as I recall. And now um, I'm seeing it being brought back as people who are um, committing to like the sex change, like the operations, not the sex change, but the genital change operations. So that's interesting. Um, Their statement on this at the very bottom is the words are also complex in light of culture and the passage of time. What is considered typical male or female dress or behavior in one culture may be considered unusual in another. Um, these definitions are not strict. Some people feel that the word transsexual should not always refer to physical changes and some transsexuals no longer refer to themselves as such after they have finished their transition. They call themselves either men or women, which you could do before a surgery. You know, like you can be a woman with a penis, but some people don't think so. So from what I've read and heard this, that uh, transsexual is just more of a dated word. Like you were saying, like before transgender was a thing that was spoken about like you know like when i was a kid it was just like a dirty word like um and not discussed but and yeah it's now people like uh some people are still identifying like that and the whole um i don't know i mean lots of People who identify as transgender have SRS or GRS, whatever you call it, genital genital reassign gender genital. I, I don't know genital which genital reassignment for. surgery or genital reconstructive surgery or sexual reassignment surgery. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if there's an official name. I for feel like it, sexual but. reassignment surgery is a misnomer, though, because again, you're not changing someone's sex if you're not changing them at a hormonal or chromosomal level. Like I, I am assuming that I have an, an, uh, an XY and average levels of hormones or whatever. I would say that I am a female who looks like a woman most of the time, you know, and you would say that you were born male, assuming that is a trans woman. So those are like medical terms, which is why I'm trying to get away from the words male and female when I mean man or woman. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Language is tricky. Uh, Next question. What made it possible for you to feel ready to transition to your gender? How can I be helpful to anyone in my life making similar decisions? What, like, helped me a lot was the internet. Um, You know, I mean, obviously you can get on there and search for anything and come up with horrific answers and, you know, figure out that you have cancer and you're dying. Um, (laughs) 
but <laughs> is that what you do sometimes like, go down a spiral yeah you know you got a little 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 sore on your cheek and you know, it's cancer you, you, <laughs> yeah you i feel die. the same way so um but you know uh listening to um i found some podcasts uh like i think three years ago when i first started like really looking into all this there was only like maybe you know two or three podcasts on the itunes on the itunes can you recall what they were called what can you recall what they were called um one that i started listening to first and enjoyed the most was called uh, gender rebels um it's really fun and uh it's a trans woman and her cis woman partner um they're nerds Nice. You know, so You're a nerd. I, I relate to him like that. There. Yeah, you love Buffy and Star yeah, Wars yeah. and, and all that the shit. Uh, the host. Uh, uh, her, she uh, her name's Faith, mm-hmm. and she's a Buffy fan. And there you Faith go. was the uh, one of the Slayers. It's I don't know. Nineties <laughs> 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 stuff, kids. Look it up. Yeah. So, okay, so having access to information and other people's stories helped you. Um, yeah, yeah. Like uh, hearing people talk about their. Um, their transition and they're coming out um and uh like the moments they realized stuff and hearing these people like say things and me like listening and being like oh I've I've always said that same thing and felt like that that was that's that's all what this means though that's like it's a sign and (laughs) and like hearing things people would do and I was like oh I I did that and identifying with it i remember like i was sitting at work listening to something and uh i just like sat back and i was like oh fuck i'm trans (laughs) and yeah um so how can i be helpful to anyone in my life making similar decisions um well i mean if they're talking about it uh just you know, listen to them and don't like, um, I mean, like to do with anything, talking to someone, don't try and tell them like what you think anything means. Like if they tell you they think they're feeling something don't like, you know, discourage them, be like, oh, I don't, well, I think you're just feeling like this or whatever. You had a therapist try to talk you out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You had an awful therapist. Yeah. Like we need to give feedback about her Mm -hmm. somewhere to her licensure board. She tried to talk you out of. Well, feeling trans, right? Like I, I picked her because, uh, on the psychiatry today her profile said she you know gender stuff was one of her specialties and when i had a little phone interview with her she was like oh yeah i like you know i'd like to do a lot of work with queer people in the lgbt community and and i was like great yeah i'm queer and yeah i want you know let's talk about some stuff i I didn't mention this was before you were yeah yeah transitioning at all yeah no i hadn't uh, i was like i hadn't even started talking about like gender stuff with anyone i wanted to like that's why i was one of my big things with seeking her out. And so after like um, working with her for months, I started to like try and talk about gender stuff. And um, I'm not sure what her problem was. I think I was just too masculine in appearance. My presentation at the time. You were very distraught. And the the sense I got from hearing what she said to you based on what you said to her, um, uh, I get a sense that she has a deep, 
deep resentment for cis men and a deep distrust of them. And I feel mm. like she labeled you and and you could not change her mind. Yeah. And and so she was like, no, you're not really this. Yeah. Yeah. I um I told her I was talking with her and like just talking about, you know, the thoughts of like aspects of medical transition, you know, hormones and things in my body. And, you know, I told her that, you know, as far as my body goes in a masculine form, I think it's a pleasant masculine form, small mm -hmm. uh, compared to other people, mm -hmm. um, like in stature and whatnot. But like, I think my man shapes are pleasant man. You shapes. weren't self-hating. Not, you were not a self-hating not, not like in that my way. body like that you know i don't have the i wasn't experienced the gendered uh dysphoria the way many people have or not gender but um body dysphoria mm -hmm. um and she was trying to tell me that because i don't like feel sick when i look at myself and uncomfortable in my own skin Mm -hmm. And this and that, that that means that I'm not really trans. What and a fucking bitch. Can you imagine this cis provider determining that for people? Because you don't hate the body you were born in. This is why I think people label themselves transsexual because they don't feel like they're really legitimate enough in their gender until they have a genital reassignment surgery. Yeah, I don't know as far as the people labeling themselves what like I mean, that. Yeah, but I yeah, speculate. I mean, some people like who knows where everyone's issues comes from exactly but yeah some people have a, like a lot more i mean gender dysphoria and body dysphoria are different things like my bo my body dysphoria is not like that of some people's and i'm you know think i mean obviously mm -hmm. everyone's different yeah so um, so how can i be helpful to anyone in my life making similar decisions i guess don't try to talk them out of it necessarily just listen to them and ask them like you know what what can I do? Like, how can I help? Mm -hmm. Like, just be there for them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, let's take a break on that. Thank you so much, Ricky. We'll be right back. Do you like food, boobs, and babes who smoke weed? If so, treat yourself to some wholesome stoner fun on Topless Takeout. In this new web series, you can join your host, Jacqueline, as she eats her way through Phoenix, Arizona, topless. It'll be sure to satisfy all foodie and nudie lovers. New episodes are released once a month. Check out patreon.com forward slash topless takeout to watch the latest Not Safe for Work episode now. Hey friends, are you sick of razor burn? Have your nethers cleaned up by the pros at Netherlands Wax in Vancouver, Washington, where experienced owner estheticians have performed literally thousands of Brazilian waxes. Netherlands Wax is gender neutral, sex positive, trans and queer welcoming, kink positive, and body positive. We are just over the 205 bridge in Vancouver, Washington, worth the drive find us on facebook yelp or netherlandswax.com so, okay so having access to information and other people's stories helped you um, yeah yeah like uh hearing people talk about their um their transition and their coming out um and uh like the moments they realized stuff and hearing these people like say things and me like listening and being like oh i've i've always said that same thing and felt like that that was that's that's <laughs> all what this means so that's like it's a sign and <laughs> and like hearing things people would do and i was like oh i i, I did that and, and identifying I, I, with it i remember like i was sitting at work listening to something and 
uh, I just like sat back and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm trans. <laughs> and yeah. Um, so how can I be helpful to anyone in my life making similar decisions? Um, well, I mean, if they're talking about it, uh, just, you know, listen to them and don't like, um, I mean, like to do with anything, talking to someone, don't try and tell them like what you think anything means. Like if they tell you they think they're feeling something don't like, you know, discourage them be like, oh, I don't, well, I think you're just feeling like this or whatever. You had or... a therapist try to talk you out of it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You had an awful therapist. Yeah. I'm like we need to give feedback about her mm -hmm. somewhere to her licensure board. She tried to talk you out of. Well, feeling was, trans, right? Like I, I picked her because uh, on the psychiatry today, her profile said she, you know, gender stuff was one of her specialties. And when I had a little phone interview with her, she was like, oh, yeah, I like, you know, I'd like to do a lot of work with queer people in the LGBT community. And, and I was like, great. Yeah, I'm queer. And yeah, I want, you know, let's talk about some stuff. I, I didn't mention this was before you were. Yeah. Past, yeah. Transitioning at all. Yeah, No, I hadn't. Yeah. I, I was like, I hadn't even started talking about like gender stuff with anyone. I wanted to like, that's why I was one of my big things with seeking her out. And so after like, um, working with her for months, I started to like try and talk about gender stuff and, um, I'm not sure what her problem was. I think I was just too masculine in appearance my yeah. presentation at the time you were very distraught and the the sense i got from hearing what she said to you based on what you said to her um uh i get a sense that she has a deep deep resentment for cis men and a deep distrust of them and i feel mm -hmm. like she labeled you and and you could not change her mind yeah and and so she was like no you're not really this yeah yeah i um i told her i was talking with her and like just talking about you know the thoughts of like aspects of medical transition you know hormones and things in my body and you know I told her that you know as far as my body goes in a masculine form I think it's a pleasant masculine form small mm -hmm. uh, compared to other people mm -hmm. um, like in stature and whatnot but like I think my man shapes are pleasant Man you shapes. weren't self-hating not you were not a self-hating not, not in like that my way. body like that you know i don't have the i wasn't experienced the gendered uh dysphoria the way many people have or not gender but um body dysphoria mm -hmm. um and she was trying to tell me that because i don't like feel sick when i look at myself and uncomfortable in my own skin Mm -hmm. And this and that, that that means that I'm not really trans. What and a fucking bitch. Can you imagine this cis provider determining that for people? Because you don't hate the body you were born in. This is why I think people label themselves transsexual because they don't feel like they're really legitimate enough in their gender until they have a genital reassignment surgery. Yeah, I don't know as far as the people labeling themselves what like I mean, that. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, some people like... Who knows where everyone's issues comes from exactly, but yeah, some people have a, like a lot more. I mean, gender dysphoria and body dysphoria are different things. Like my bo my body dysphoria is not like that of some people's. 
and I'm, you know, thank, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. everyone's different. Yeah. So, um, so how can I be helpful to anyone in my life making similar decisions? I guess don't try to talk them out of it necessarily. Just listen to them and ask them like, you know, what, what can I do? Like, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Like just be there for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's take a break on that. Thank you so much, Ricky. We'll be right back. I'm like, maybe we can also get like real human bodies that are like, you know, that have eaten in the last like week or two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The fashion beauty industry is, um, seemingly kind of abusive if you hear some of the exit stories. Yeah. Um, so this year in the last couple months, yeah, it's Chanel and Victoria's Secret, hired two women who are trans and they're beautiful because they're models obviously but I really really hope their careers don't consist of them being trans women models that they can just be models that happen to be trans you know like if they can have successful careers hopefully and not people just trying to piggyback on this detail about them obviously there's the bandwagon thing with it but I mean it's cool um obviously models are the creme de la creme of humans in the uh media's opinion i mean it's good i think overall i agree it's like obviously these people are being exploited in a way it's come so far since i was a kid mm-hmm. the whole um general public's awareness of transgender people uh but obviously still has a long way to go mm-hmm. so yeah anyone now like you're saying all these major media outlets are starting to feature trans models yeah they're probably not ever going to work as just a model mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. unless they're like flying under the radar like passing mm-hmm. uh before they get hired on a big name place as a trans model mm-hmm yeah, and then there's people in history, um, like I hear about like a military leader or a pirate or some famous person that after their death, they're doing the autopsy and they're like, oh my God, they were... I was uh, just reading this interesting article about like trans women of the Wild West Ooh. or trans men of the Wild West. Ooh. They were, you know, obviously there weren't, la- there wasn't language for that kind of thing back then. So they were just like women. Mm-hmm. Um, Butch women. Uh, they were they would come out um cis women would come out and into the into the west and uh dress as men because it's safer first of all yeah <laughs> and uh there was uh, some of them who would like get by their whole lives and until like out, until they died mm-hmm. so you just saying remind me of that mm-hmm. that's like, a great example mm-hmm. they were entirely passing mm-hmm. and i had not realized like up until not that long ago dressing in the opposite gender's clothing was straight up illegal like you would get arrested not Mm -hmm. only like just shunned by society but arrested i believe until even the 1980s i think senate or house uh members in the country like women members of these are politicians they had to wear skirts they couldn't wear pants on the floor it was until the 80s there was a dress code for women and that you know it's not legal but yeah it's been illegal in the united states over the century i think maybe all that ended in the 50s man goodness i need like a history uh, update but yeah it's been illegal at different times in history for women to dress like men or men to dress like women or people to dress how they wanted to dress 
based on how they felt. Um, so let's leave us with some resources. Uh, there's some great books. There is one, if you like choose your own adventure books, uh, there's one called She, He, They, Me for the Sisters, Misters, and Binary Resistors by Robin, Robin Ryle. Um, this one's really fun because you start out on the first page being born. And we're going to read this in our after show. I want to go through this. You are born and so your gender path begins. Are you born into a time and place where gender exists? Or does it not exist? If it does, go to page 10. If it doesn't, go to 11. So you actually learn a lot about history this way. Um, also, Girl Sex 101. That's a great how-to sex tips and health and safety and hygiene book um, for women with all kinds of different looking genitals. Whether they are circumcised or have penis or clitoris, whatever. This is by Allison Moon and K.D. Diamond. And then there's Fucking Trans Women, which is by Mira Bellwether. And she is a trans woman. Um, thank you so much, Ricky, for coming on. Thank you. Um, Ricky, you've been listening to this show for a while and you actually helped build some of the sound equipment in this studio. So from the beginning, from the beginning. So thank you for being a friend and a, uh, you know, a resource for me too. This is a great example. I'm sure we, sorry, we just stuck this in. If you're a friend of a person who has transitioned and maybe they haven't updated the other people in their lives, ask them before you update a person in your life if it's relevant. Ricky babysat for me a couple months ago and I told my kid's dad, oh, by the way, and I was going to say so-and-so is babysitting, but you went by a different name. So I gave my child's father a brief update after I asked you if that was okay. Um, I said, Ricky's going to be babysitting. You knew her as so-and-so, but now she goes by this. And he was like, oh, cool. So I thought we should mention that. All right. Love you guys. Love, love you. you too. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. To find behind the scenes, photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts, type www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash strange bedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com and find me, John, on Instagram at metric.cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression.